no thanks for the memory of coronavirus quarantining all of us and ever-changing rules like being kicked in the family jewels how ugly it was no thanks for the memory of so many that we lost and jobs the virus cost put your mask on please social distancing we need so 2020 we say I'm calling an audible. Wait a minute. Like red right 88. Yes. Receiver move from one side to the other. Hot okay. route. All right. Audible. What, why are we calling an audible? Well, we have two sports teams very close to the Cleveland area that are advancing in a playoff situation. Everyone knows about the Cleveland Browns playing in their first playoff game since 2002. And by the way, the Ohio State Buckeyes are in the national championship game against Alabama. So I thought maybe it might be in our best interest to get somebody on to maybe talk about them. Last week, we talked about having uh, Oris, the old guy, on this week. And you, you think we can ask him to, to take a, a, a week, another week off and come back next week? I think as an old man, he would realize... <laughs> Maybe there's somebody else we could speak with that could bring us up to speed on what to expect in those two contests. All right. So we're going to have a lot of Browns and Buckeyes talk today. Is that it? That's it. I know we don't try to do a lot of sports sometimes, but it's hard to avoid it this time of year with this, this much excitement. Well, before we get to the sports talk, let's talk about New Year's Eve. Did, what did you do for New Year's Eve? I did a lot of nothing, which was absolutely amazing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I spent the time with my kids and A1 and her son, and we played games. We made homemade pizzas and wings, which was awesome. And then we watched a little bit of the ball drop, if you want to call it that, since no one was at uh, New York City. But uh, we, we did that about 1135, and I did make it mm. to New Year's. Now, I must so ask I. you, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Did you make it? I, I did, yes. I was oh, very God. proud of myself. I made it, and actually, so did Erica. We both oh my made gosh, it. the two of you did. Yeah, we were we were enjoying sodas and it was whatever show we were watching had finished and I was like, "Oh, it's it's almost time." So we flipped over to Dick Clark New Year's Eve, watched the ball dropped, toasted our uh, sodas and uh, that was it. <laughs> you yeah. mentioned about Toasting the sodas. I think yeah. a lot of people did more than toasting sodas on some of these shows that I had the opportunity to watch. This oh, season. yeah. that The one I, on uh, Fox? Yeah, they were, I don't know how else to say this, they were hammered. So, <laughs> And I believe, according to my parents, I didn't have a chance to see it. But uh, Andy Cohen, I believe, and also uh, Anderson Cooper, uh, I guess were taking shots each hour as uh, they got closer to the ball drop. So, yeah, I guess everyone just said, this is what we're doing here. You better be ready for it. Well, uh, what better way to end 2020? Did you see Cindy Lauper's performance on Dick Clark? I did not, but I did briefly hear about this. So I guess she did a duet and then she was going to sing another song. And apparently, according to everything I read online, 
her uh, performances were, how, how do I say this politely? Very appropriate for 2020 is maybe the best okay. way to put it. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. in between the two performances, she had a handler come on stage and the handler was supposed to take her scarf off while they were showing something else on camera. Well, they didn't put anything else on camera. They kept Cindy Lauper on camera. And as the handler is trying to remove the scarf, she says on the air with her mic right in her hand and into her mouth, she says, I'm on camera. I'm on camera. So, that's you know, great you, entertainment. Let's yeah, that's uh, why uh, between that and the, you know, I feel bad for these people that host these shows and are on these shows because it's just, I mean, Dick Clark did such a great job of it. And not that Ryan Seacrest or, or any of these guys don't, but how excited can you be? Hey, the we're, we're now we're down to 10 minutes till the ball's going to drop. Hey, uh, Joe down there on the street, what's it like now? How does it feel now? Okay, now we're five minutes away. Is it any warmer down there? What's going on? How's the fire? Let's throw this in the mix as well. In the past, you'd get all the knuckleheads that were completely hammered. Sure. There's nobody down there. No. There's no one there. So what are you updating? Nothing. The, the, Couple the, people the, with masks on. That's all we got. Back to you, Dick. Thank you. The big, the biggest uh, excitement that seemed to used to happen down on the street was trying to figure out which guy Jen Jennifer McCarthy was going to uh, play tonsil <laughs> Who's hockey make with. Up with. Yeah. She yeah. Usually it's either a policeman or a fireman. Oh, that's policeman so Policeman or yeah, fire, yeah. yeah. God bless those guys. But yeah, yep. so yep. so that was our New Year's Eve. So uh, I hope everybody out there had a good New Year's Eve. Now on to the Browns and Buckeyes. We're going to talk with award-winning sports talker Kenny Rhoda on the show today, the Roadman. And I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. You know, this show drops every Wednesday at 6 a.m., Ken. We are not live at 6 a.m. No, I'm going to, I'm going to expose that right now. No. And because we have to work with different people's schedules and things, we asked Kenny if he could come on with us. He had time on Monday night this week. So that's when we did this interview. Well, Tuesday comes along and we find out that Kevin Stefanski and a couple other coaches and a couple other starters seeming, you know, maybe the mascot and the guy that runs the, the time at the stadium, I don't know. There's a bunch of guys from, from the Browns, apparently a couple starters and the head coach all have COVID now. So when we talk to Kenny, you will not hear any discussion of that because that had not happened when we talked to him. But obviously that's a big deal heading into this game on Sunday, Ken. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected Tuesday morning to hear that Mike Prefer, your special teams coach, would be your head coach <laughs> going into Sunday. And you know what? There's a little bit of a Cleveland connection there. Mike Prefer's dad is Chuck Prefer, who was a longtime special teams coach for the Detroit Lions. He got his started coaching at Padua High School. How about well, that? Well, you can probably win some trivia contests at bars with that piece I of could information. I could win something. I could win something. But no, it's it, it really is. It's a very fluid situation. And obviously, we wish the best for everyone that has COVID. But yeah, what a what a change in 24 hours where everyone's really excited for the game. And then the next thing, you know, you find out, unfortunately, all these coaches and players do have COVID. So yeah, that's, it is tough. Well, before Kevin Stefanski got sick, I wonder how many Cleveland Browns fans could even name a special teams coach. Well said. I, yes, that's correct. All right. So, so Kenny Rhoda is going to talk to us. And uh, again, uh, no talk about uh, COVID with Kevin Stefanski because 
we appreciate Kevin or we appreciate Kenny taking the time to join us. And obviously we had to work with his schedule. And so that's why there'll be no discussion of that, but there will be discussion elsewhere in the show about Clemson quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. He's a part of our misspeak of the week. And we'll explain what all that is about. We also have some good news for a server in Florida and a teacher's union leader is under fire it's not just because of her stance on in-person learning. That explanation coming later in Klopp's Clips. Ted, here is some good news. A group yes. of customers at the Malaysia Mantra Indian Bistro in Cape Coral, Florida, gave a server quite a way to celebrate the new year. A post on the restaurant's Facebook page noted that the group racked up a tab of $269.51 with a server named Dawn. The picture in the post showed that the tip they left was $2,020. Wow. Whoa. We can't stop smiling and feeling happy for Dawn, the post said. God bless this group of kind folks. Oh, that's so nice. That is take amazing. Care your, take care of your servers. They work so hard. And as many people know, they don't get an hourly wage like many other people do because they have dependent on their tips. So anytime that you hear stories like that, I, I just think that's very gracious. That's wonderful. Well, there's one person at least who will reflect on 2020 in a somewhat positive way. Absolutely. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can... Make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The most trusted name in journalism. Clops Clips. All right, we got good news, and now we have, well, I guess this is other news. <laughs> Alternative news. <laughs> Alternative news, sure, we'll call it that. Whatever you want to call it. Time for Clops Clips. Residents of a neighborhood in Queens, New York, say they are being attacked by an aggressive squirrel. Victims say the squirrel has jumped on them and bitten them. One woman described the bite and subsequent fight as an MMA cage match with blood everywhere. Experts don't understand why the squirrel or squirrels are being so aggressive. The squirrels do rarely test positive for rabies, though, and that's good. Large metal traps for the squirrels have been set. None have been caught so far. 
But I, I would like maybe want to see video of this. I mean, if this is like an MMA cage match, I mean, is this something we want to watch on YouTube or something? Yeah, Vince what McMahon can book on? this for the next uh, wrestling show. Well, a man from New York has filed a class action lawsuit against the makers of King's Hawaiian Sweet Rolls. He says the company misled him into purchasing the rolls, believing they're made in Hawaii, when they're actually made in California. Oh, boy. The lawsuit notes that the company has taken legal action against other makers of sweet rolls who use the phrase Hawaiian rolls in their marketing. Packaging on the King's Hawaiian sweet rolls does note on the back that they are made in California. The company has not publicly responded to the suit. I just, it seems like we need something else to worry about. That's just where I'm at. I mean, You're I, not concerned I don't, about I like Rolls I really made. like the Hawaiian sweet rolls. They're great, but I didn't really look to see if they're made in California. I mean, it's to me, it's just kind of the name. I mean, yeah. maybe the Hawaiian ones are even better. I don't know, but I'm pretty pretty uh, content with the King's Hawaiian sweet rolls from California. I'll say that. Sarah Chambers is a member of the executive board of the Chicago Teachers Union. She has railed against a return to in-person classes to start the new year. She's against it, saying that they're unsafe. She's got her opinion, and she's head of the okay. teachers' union. We're good there so far. However, she also posted pictures of herself poolside on Instagram after jetting to a tropical vacation in Puerto Rico where the number of COVID cases has topped 110,000. She noted online that she was also heading to San Juan for some seafood. The CDC says Americans should avoid all travel to Puerto Rico due to the very high COVID levels there. Parents in Chicago are now calling for Chambers to be fired. Her Instagram account has been changed and is now private. Oh. <laughs> this is just a vicious circle, it seems like. One thing after another. Yep. I'm not going to go to the classroom. I'm not going to do that. But I am going to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Going to do that. All right. Fair enough. Unsafe. Puerto Rico. Safe. Yep. CDC says go to class. Don't go to Puerto Rico. They're wrong. So we're clear on that. A home in Vermont is for sale, and it includes a very unique feature. For $149,000, Ken, you can buy this right now. You get four bedrooms. Okay. That's enough for you. Two bathrooms. One for you, one for Eowyn. An updated kitchen with stainless steel appliances. We're good so far, right? Yeah. This also includes seven jail cells. (laughs) Seven jail cells. The cells formerly served as the county jail in Essex County. The home served as the jailer's residence before stopping operations back in 1969. The jail still exhibits the original prison cells with barred windows and the jailer's office. Well, how would that be? Let's say, you know, for your your humble abode that you have as well as mine, you walk in and, hey, how you doing? Let me show you this room. And by the way, here's seven jail cells. What do you think? <laughs> that to me sounds like something out of the Silence of the Lambs. And all yeah, that. that's you about know, it. It's historical, but I don't know. I'd have to drop the price a little bit more on that one. That's, that's I- where I'm at. I don't know if that's a featured selling point or a, oh, by the way, it also has seven jail cells. (laughs) 
Maybe that's just a throw-in. That's, that's yeah, yeah. No extra charge for those. Yep. The listing doesn't note if the key for the cells is included. Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah. one of those situations I can see your your kids are mine running around <laughs> in the jail cell. All of a sudden, we don't have the key. Yeah. Right. Well, it'd be quiet in the home for a while. It would. They also wouldn't be with us anymore, Ted. Well, take that's the true. Away from us. That's true. That would be headlines of the wrong kind. <laughs> Not what you're looking for. Speaking of headlines of the bizarre kind, that brings us to an end of this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. Blah blah blah. 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 Today's guest is an award-winning talk show host with 31 years of experience in the sports radio and television industry in the Cleveland market. He could be heard on the Afternoon Drive, co-host of the Kenny and JT show on News Talk 1480 WHBC, which airs Monday through Friday from 3 to 7. For 21 years, he could be heard on ESPN 850 WKNR. 1220 WKNR Radio. Besides being voted Cleveland's best sports talker numerous times, he was also named as one of Cleveland's top 100 radio personalities. Kenny, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm old. Thank you. For <laughs> There's another title that Kenny has that he probably doesn't even realize, but his title is uh, best ticker guy for an intern because 28 years ago, Kenny, 28 years ago, I came to WKNR as an intern, and was it the 3 o'clock feed? I think that there was a 3 o'clock feed of sports, and back then, you recorded it on a reel-to-reel, and the exciting thing to do was to hot cart the sound bites. Absolutely. And, and Kenny showed me how to hot cart them, and that was part of my internship. Then after we were done working, Ken, I, I taught Ted how to hotwire a car, too, just in case <laughs> somewhere down the road. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to talk about that, but okay. Uh, oh, my gosh. Kenny, hey, how about the Buckeyes and the Browns? This is a great week, huh? I was telling JT on our show today, it's a victory unlike we haven't had since 2002. I mean, <laughs> when you know the, the Buckeyes beat Michigan – to get into the national championship against Miami that year. And then the Browns got in the playoffs and would play who? The Pittsburgh Steelers, just like, you know, this year. So uh, let's hope they're the same and they're different. Let's hope <laughs> the guys are able to shock the world like they did against Miami in 02 and beat Alabama. Uh, let's hope the Browns maybe don't blow a 21 or 24-point lead and lose to the Steelers for all the Browns fans out there. Everybody knows I'm a Steeler fan and everything, but I know the Browns fans, they're feeling great. And I think they got a great chance uh, of beating the Steelers. When you look at what Pittsburgh's done the last five games, they started 11-0. I think they hit their peak, and they're on the, the downslope now, peak too soon, 1-4 and four in their last five games. They can't run the ball to save their life. It looks like Hayden's going to be out because of COVID. And if they can get Denzel Ward back along with Kevin Johnson, their two starting corners, to go along with some of the other guys that were out, I think the Browns have a very good chance, and I really believe the Buckeyes have a good chance of beating Nick Saban in Alabama. Oh, no doubt. First of all, talking quickly about the Browns, Kenny, I mean, can you talk about any more drama involving the game? You come <laughs> off playing your rival, okay? You win that game, then you play your rival again. By the way, it's going to be the third time, and then the last time you are in the playoffs, oh, by the way, you played your rival and lost. So, I mean, a lot going into that. They got a Sunday night game. What's the expectations of this contest? I mean, I just think it's going to be bigger than life. 
Well, right now the spread's three and a half. And if I were a betting man, I wouldn't bet today. I would wait until Sunday morning because with COVID and this crazy year, well, I shouldn't say this, it's a new year. It's 2021. (laughs) What happened last year with COVID, there still may be some lingering effects of that, right? So at least in my opinion, you don't want to put any money down until you know who the the 53-man roster is, who the 22 starters are going to be. So you knock on wood and hope that nobody on either side gets COVID the rest of the week for the Buckeyes and Alabama, for the Browns and the Steelers, because you want to see everybody as close to 100% as you can, because then you determine who the, the, you know, the better team is on the field. But I really believe the Browns have a chance, but you're right, the drama, the two-point conversion, up 24 to 9. Uh, Mason Rudolph sucks, but he threw for 300-plus yards because – well, they started Tyvier Thomas and Ted Klopp in the secondary. <laughs> yeah, had no help back there whatsoever. And then, you know, Ken, Ted can't jump. He, he's got no goal. Oh, no. So that, that's why the Steelers were able to, even with Rudolph in there, throw for a ton of yards. But it's a good matchup. I'll ask you guys this question. These are the top four seeds. Kansas City, they got to buy. Buffalo's two. Pittsburgh's three. Tennessee's four, right? Right. Uh, you knew the Browns were going to be a wild card. You wouldn't want to have played Kansas City, right? So if you had Pittsburgh or Buffalo to play, who would you rather play between those two? For me, I'm, I'd rather play Pittsburgh than Buffalo the Same. way they're playing. Oh, 100%. Yep. The way Josh Allen is playing? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. They got so many offensive weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee, you have already defeated. So, yeah, you'd like to play them, but you're not the five seed. You gave that up as being the five seed when you lost to Baltimore. That was a huge game as we look back on it now. But – Yeah, I'd rather be matched up against Pittsburgh than Buffalo, for sure. So when you look at this game, is there a matchup or a player that you look at on either side of the ball that's kind of like, this could be the the difference in the game? Either it's the running game or, oh, it's Nick Chubb versus the defensive line, something like that? Here's what uh, I was saying today, and I'm going to stick to my guns on this. It was bad news that Olivier Vernon tore his Achilles. He's done. He's out. Donovan Peoples-Jones has a concussion. Those were the only two main injuries yesterday. You don't know if he'll be back or not, okay? But the Olivier Vernon injury really, really hurts from this standpoint. To beat Roethlisberger now, rush four, drop seven. If you can get home with four guys rushing, a four-man rush, then you've got a great chance of throwing that offense out of whack, the timing off the mark with Ben Roethlisberger and dropping seven, forcing it, he'll throw interceptions. He, he does, because he's a gunslinger. That's just who he is. He ain't changing now at age 38. So it would have been great to have Vernon, because he picked up his ninth sack against the Steelers. And you have Miles Garrett on the other side, who has 12 sacks. That's 21 sacks between two guys. That's like Bud Dupree and, and T.J. Watt. But for both teams, they've lost their second-best pass rusher. Dupree is out with the ACL. They've got to find a way, the Browns do, whether it's Adrian Claiborne or somebody else, they've got to find a way to get pressure on Ben Roethlisberger with four and drop seven. So that's the the matchup I think that's crucial, finding a way to not have to blitz. You blitz, Ben's going to find the hot spot, the hot man, the hot read, and he's going to really hurt you. If you do blitz, you better get there quickly. And that doesn't happen a lot, you know, with Ben and your minus Olivier Vernon. So for me, Ted, it's that matchup, that front mm-hmm. for the Browns. Can they, with only four guys, put pressure on Roethlisberger? Because the Steelers can't run the football. I mean, they're terrible right now, one of the worst running teams in the league. So that, to me, is one of the key matchups in this game. 
And Ted, I just looked up the stat. The Browns this year, 10 and 0 when they win or tie in the turnover category. All right. Wow. They're a plus in the turnover, or at least they're even. They are 10 and 0. They're one and five when they lose the turnover battle. So those are the two areas that are going to be key for me and running the football if you want another one. Stefanski said he was saving Nick Chubb for this week. He was confident enough, God bless him, that they were going to get in the playoffs, and that's the reason he only was in 25 snaps and 14 carries. Well, it worked out for him. So yeah. if you can run Chubb and Hunt and control the time of possession and keep your weakness, your defense off the field, and Ben Roethlisberger uh, off the field, then that increases your chances as well. So th- besides the turnovers, Ted, time of possession, running the football on offense, and that four-man pass rush. Mm. We talk about the coaching matchup. Obviously, you have Kevin Stefanski coming in. First-year coach has had an outstanding season. Should be coach of the year, in my opinion. But I think one person that's underrated, and you can speak more about him, you follow the team. I think he's one of the top five NFL coaches in the league right now is Mike Tomlin. He's got the playoff experience. He's won a Super Bowl. How much does that factor into the game? Well, I think he was one of the top five coaches. I think he's lost some of that, in my opinion, based on the last three years. They haven't made the playoffs until this year. They were out just like the Browns the last two years. They started 11-0. They're 1-4 and in their last five games, so they're 12-4, and only a game ahead of the Browns. They were the number one seed. They've fallen all the way to the three seed. And to me, Mike Tomlin has done less with more than most coaches in his tenure. He's never had a little season, so your point is fair. And that's what the, the, the Rooney's will tell you that. And a lot of people in Pittsburgh, how dare you say a bad word about Mike Tomlin? The worst he's been is 8-8. Eight and eight. And he did a great <laughs> job coaching them to an 8-8 eight eight season last year with the Duck Dynasty at quarterback and <laughs> nobody else, right? But when you look at Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, they, they didn't win the Super Bowl with, with those guys. He won with Cowers guys early in, in his career. So he's a good coach. And if they were to fire him, Ken, to your point again, somebody would snap him up like that. He'd be out of work one day and somebody, I just think it's time for a change there, a different voice, a different approach. And I love what Kevin Stefanski has brought to this team. Mental toughness. It's week to week. We want to go 1-0. and That's all that matters. No excuses. Holding them accountable. This guy is, he should finish second or third probably in coach of the year. But Sean McDermott, the, the coach of the Bills to me, number one, should win coach of the year because I think they can beat Kansas City on the road at Kansas City. I think Buffalo's the, the one team in the AFC, the only team in the AFC that can beat Kansas City, and I think they can beat anybody in the NFC as well. So uh, I think you're right. Number one, Stefanski's a, a top worst, top five finisher for coach of the year, top three probably, and Tomlin is still considered one of the top five. I just think it's time for him to go in Pittsburgh, and maybe that'll work to the, the Browns' advantage with uh, Stefanski. I don't think he'll be intimidated by Mike Tomlin and his approach at all. Yep. All right, we need to take a quick timeout for just a second here and talk about Westminster AV. They are a local AV company providing you with all types of event technology. You know, events are starting to come back here in Northeast Ohio, and Westminster AV is your choice for professional audio-video rental service, and equipment. As those events start to happen again, Westminster AV can help you with the planning and the execution. If you're still in the virtual mode, no problem. 
Westminster AV can help you get set up for a virtual event as well. No event is too big nor too small. Check out their website, westminsteravcom or you can give them a call right now. The number is 216-325-6960. Let's get back to our sports talk with the Roadman, and let's turn our attention to the Buckeyes. Everybody kind of expected that Clemson would handle them again this year, and boy, did they show up in a big way. They get through that game, and now you're staring down Alabama. Uh, they're going to be an underdog again, Yeah, but I kind of think they like that. I do too. Uh, absolutely. Eight points is what I saw the most recent Vegas line. It was 10 and a half before Ohio State beat Clemson. They did the futures. They say if Ohio State plays Bama, Bama's a 10 and a half point favorite. Well, the Buckeyes impressed the guys in Vegas enough to drop it from 10 and a half to eight, right? And so they're going to use the underdog card from that standpoint, eight point dogs. Nick Saban voted them fifth in his final coaches poll. The big hullabaloo about Dabo Sweeney voting them 11th, right? Well, if you're fifth, that means Saban doesn't think you're one, two, three, or four or good enough to be in the playoffs. So if I'm Ryan, Mm -hmm. I'm using that bit of uh, information along with the eight-point dogs and whatever you can to keep this team focused because they went in and opened up a can of whoop-ass on Clemson on Friday night. It was impressive. Granted, the opening series right down the field goes Clemson. They're up 7-0, three and out. You fumble, you almost turn it over. But from that point forward, the Buckeyes physically, mentally, on the scoreboard dominated that football game. Justin Fields playing with a bad thumb and bruised ribs, gutted it out and played the greatest quarterback game I've ever seen from an Ohio State quarterback. What was at stake? The revenge factor from a year ago and how hurt he was to throw six touchdowns and over 400 yards of total offense in a game of that magnitude, two of the top programs in the country. My sources tell me that he's good to go on uh, Monday. Bruised ribs, no punctured lungs or liver or anything like that. So he'll be good to go. And as long as he's healthy and they keep him in a bubble and have a mask on him (laughs) 24-7, then the Buckeyes, I think, have a chance against Alabama because while Bama's the most prolific offense this year, The Buckeyes are a close second. I think it's 48 points a game to 43 points a game. But I think the Buckeyes' defense might be better now, starting to, you know, round into shape than Alabama's. So I I think the Buckeyes have a great chance uh, of beating Alabama. And, again, I want to wait to see who's available and who's not come Monday because of everything. But uh, I think Ryan Day and Nick Saban, they both beat COVID this year, so it's the COVID Bowl. I think it's going to be a great matchup all the way around. Did you see what the over-under is on this game? Was it 75 or something? 76 points. Is it? Yeah. I I don't know if I've ever seen a game that high with that many points. Well, in a championship game too, right? So you're looking at what? They're thinking it's going to be 42-34 or something like that. So I could see that because the defenses aren't the strengths of either of these teams. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, uh, Najee Harris. Trey Sermon, who's come out of nowhere. Devontae Smith, Chris Olave. Waddle, though, may be back for Alabama, which could cause some problems for the Buckeyes. But that's all right, Garrett Wilson. So, you know, you're, you're matching all over with the key players and then two of the best offensive lines in the country as well. So that's a tempting over-under at 76. Yeah, it is. I'd be tempted to take the over, to be honest with you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nick Saban has said you don't win championships uh, with defense anymore. It's with offense. And, and the, the odds makers are daring you to, to believe them on that. 
Boy, there's Ryan Day is a guy that doesn't take the foot off the gas at all during the game. But speaking of coaches, are you surprised that Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban, who are both very good coaches, give this kind of bulletin board material to their opponents? I mean, I know they didn't do it intentionally. Somewhat well, surprising. Here's the problem. When you agree to do these coaches' polls, okay? Yeah. The coaches vote. So Ryan Day didn't vote which is a good thing, right? Yeah, right. Can't use it against the, the Buckeyes. But when you do this, the ballots are there for everybody to see. So you can go see that Nick Saban had him fifth and Dabo had him 11th. 11th is a, a big, big <laughs> All right. You're saying Coastal Carolina is better than them? Uh, don't give me this, oh, they, they didn't play nine or more games. That's why I had them 11th. Ohio State could play no games and still beat Coastal Carolina. So – that's a lot of disrespect. What Nick may have done was, and I forget who his top four were. I'm guessing he put him himself, uh, uh, Clemson, and probably Notre Dame and another SEC team. So he was giving love probably to his own conference. But still, if I'm Ryan Day, I'm not, I'm not letting my guys know that. I'm saying, no, he has us fifth. He didn't think we were worthy of playing in the final four, let alone head-to-head against them. So, it, yeah, it – it can come back to bite you in Dabo. Oh yeah. That, that bit him in the rear end big time. And we'll see if it does for Nick Saban as well, but I don't think Nick Saban really gives a damn. You know, he, he doesn't care what any of us think or what anybody else is saying. He thinks his team is so good. He can say whatever he wants and they'll go out and get it done. One thing I was impressed with, and we always, you know, you're around a lot of college athletes, high school athletes, pro athletes. I don't know. After the game, that uh, Ohio state had against Clemson and seeing Justin Fields and the way he handled himself in the press conference, he didn't go into it. Hey, you know, Dabo Sweeney, this, and didn't say anything about the player that injured him, obviously from Clemson, the linebacker. I just, it showed so much poise. He showed poise in the game, but showed the poise he has as a person to kind of stay back and say, you know what? We're focused on the next game. We're focused on Alabama. I, I, I don't know if I've seen that from a, from a college athlete like that in a long time. To be and how about also shaking hands with the guy who injured him and got kicked out of the game, yes. Skalski? I mean, that was a blatant use of the helmet spearing, and, and that's the second time he's been ejected, Skalski, in a college football playoff game. He got tossed in the LSU game last year. So this guy's, you know, kind of Bill Romanowski-like and don't <laughs> play, right? So to, to accept that, you know, the handshake and the, hey, I'm sorry, if he meant it or not, was impressive. And like you said, Ken, the way he handled, you know, the question from Tom Rinaldi, I think it was about, yes. hey, you know, do you belong or are you the 11th rank? What? And he just said, I'm not worried about that. Don't forget, guys, this season was supposed to not happen. Uh-huh. Justin Fields was the guy that jumped out in front of it and got that petition and said, you know, we want to play. I, I really believe this. He's one of, if not the biggest reason why the Big Ten ended up having a football season. So kudos to him for uh, being a leader there, a leader on the field, in the clubhouse, in the locker room, and then doing it, backing it up with his play on the field. And now here he is four quarters away from winning a national championship for Ohio State. Now he's going to have to play like he did last week against Clemson if they're going to beat Alabama, but he's capable of doing that. So yeah, whoever gets him in the NFL, they're going to have a bright future with him at quarterback, whether it's the Jags at one or the Jets at two, or if he falls to whoever. Hey, Kenny, we appreciate all the sports talk now. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is the name of our show. Yeah. Ken and I each have kids that are under 10. I believe your son is grown now. Am I right? He's a 
28 years old now. Tim. Wow. He's my gosh, boy. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess grown is a one way to describe it, but so you've already gone through all this that we're going through now. So yes. what advice do you have for us as we uh, wrap up here? Listen carefully. <laughs> Don't judge or parent based on how you were parented many, many moons ago. Times that's have a, changed. That's a good one. And, and so the natural reaction is this is the way I was brought up. This is the way you should do it. Well, times, uh, times have changed. And so uh, that's something that I've learned by making the mistake of trying to you know, do that. And then, okay, maybe that wasn't the, the best way to go about doing it. So uh, listen, communicate. That's the biggest thing. Um, you know, how old, what are, what are the ages here? Give me well, the mine are nine, seven, and six. Ken? Okay. My son is 12 and my daughter is nine. Oh, you guys are going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that smile he's got. Classic. Oh yeah. 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 Wait. Wait till the teenage years come. Oh, you're, oh yeah. they're going to look at you like you have three heads, not two, like three <laughs> heads when you, when you uh, hand down some discipline or yeah. you do a family outing or you take away their phone or whatever new device we'll have in the next yeah, right. five years. But communicate, listen, and, and adapt to, you know, what's going on in the world with kids, kind of find out what's going on in their world compare it to your world when you were a kid and then make the, the adaptation that, that is necessary for each kid. That's but outstanding. Information. It's, it's funny that you say that. I was reading my youngest son, a bedtime story, and I thought he was asleep. He wasn't. And so I said, okay, well, I'll, I have to go do a couple things. I'll come back. He says, daddy, when you and mommy leave the room, if I'm not asleep, you, you don't come back. Even if you say you do. <laughs> Smart kid, I said. Uh, I said well, uh, uh, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I'll right. sure you will. Yeah, yeah. Man, right. Well, I won't even get in there to, to think about you know mommy and daddy are doing and why they didn't come back. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a that's a whole different podcast. That's that's later on. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Before we forget, you I'd give you the opportunity to promote your website. I I was on yeah. your website and promote some of your show that you have on and stuff like yeah. that. Let's give you the opportunity to do that. Here's what I'm up I'm, I'm up to these days. Monday through Friday, 3 to 7, Kenny and JT show, 1480 WHBC in Canton, whbc.com. You can listen live or any of your smart devices, right? You can pull it up and listen to us there. The website is whbc.com, listen live, but a lot of our you know stories that I write are up on that. But also, and I'm having fun with this, we just started it kind of midway through the year, is after the Buckeyes games and the Browns games, so you know Sunday night, Monday night coming up, we do a live post-game show on Twitter, Periscope, and Facebook. It's tremendous. Yard, it which good. is like Zoom that we're recording this on, but it's video. And just this past week, Ted, you'll like this. I had Michael Regai on with me. I saw. Dan Shanka from the Our Lads Scouting Service, okay, who, of course, Browns fans know Our Lads because, well, with the exception of this year and 2002, we're always talking draft at this point and who the next head coach is going to be. So Dan was on with us. And then Eddie McClintock, who's an actor from Canton in Hollywood on Friends, Modern Family, Warehouse 13. We had Reg. We had a former <laughs> NFL coach and scout. And we had an actor on with me recapping the Browns game. So we do that after Buckeyes games and Browns games on our Facebook pages. So 
Kenny Rota Facebook, WHBC Facebook, or the Kenny Rota on Twitter, WHBC on Twitter. And hopefully we'll do it after a national championship win with the Buckeyes and a playoff win with the Browns leading into another playoff game down the road. So uh, that's kind of what I'm up to and uh, enjoying it. It's, it's awesome stuff. I've seen the Facebook stuff. Well, Kenny, great to catch up. And I don't know about you, but when I think about interning with you in 1993, I feel really old. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, JT today brought up what the, the top shows were, the top songs were. And we, he looked back at 02 at, at what was popular. And it's like, you've got it. Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were dating back in 2002. Oh okay. And they used to be a uh, Mouseketeers or whatever. And then they were dating and friends. And I think friends was the top show back then. So it's been a long time since the Browns have been in the playoffs and I'm still covering them. Yeah, and that means we're old, Ted. I'm closer to 60 than I am 50 right now. <laughs> well, kids who are learning to drive this year were not born when the Browns were in the playoffs the last time. Wow, that's crazy. Absolutely nuts. I'm hoping to get Tim Couch on the show with us uh, this week on WHBC because he's the last quarterback to take them to the playoffs. And, of course, he broke his leg in that last game against Atlanta and never got to play in the playoff game. But – TC's been a good friend over the years, so we're hoping to get him on just to get a, an idea from him what this means to him now that Baker Mayfield uh, supplants him as the last quarterback to take the Browns to the playoffs. Nice. Thank you for your time, Kenny. Hey, anytime, guys. It was fun. I'm looking forward to the trivia the next time we do this. Miss Speak of the Week now. We talked about the Buckeyes' big win earlier. Well, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence was doing his post-game news conference after that loss to Ohio State via Zoom, and somebody forgot to mute their microphone. Obviously, Ohio State played a really good game. Poor Trevor needs to shave his stash. Please, please mute if you're not speaking. Uh, thank you. But, uh, anyways, um... Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what I was saying, to be honest. So you lose in the college football playoff semifinals and then get your grooming critiqued afterward. Quite a night. That is our misspeak of the week. Wrapping up episode 36, Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. A great conversation with Kenny Rhoda. I know that, that went a little longer than our interviews normally do, but lots of information in there, and that's part of the reason why we didn't play a game because – Kenny had lots of insight that we wanted to make sure we were able to include in the show. So that was entertaining as was, uh, well, uh, hopefully the rest of the show. <laughs> That's our goal. That's what we're it's shooting not, for entertainment. Throughout. The, the complaint department located on the second floor of our uh, office, which is a one story building. Anyhow, next week on the show. Well, we're not sure what we're going to have next week on the show. We're going to leave it open and see what happens with the Browns and the Buckeyes. So it'll be a mystery. Rather than try to tell you who it's going to be, we're going to let the events dictate it. That fair to say, Ken? I love the way this is going. Yes. The anticipation for many po people, I oh. can imagine, is through the roof. This I'm on the edge of my news. seat right now. Who are the two middle-aged men going to have on their show next week? This is it. I love it. The, Keep the you buzz of the Internet. Right. We're on Twitter. We're, we're trending on Twitter. Tweet us and gas or Facebook messages or Instagram <laughs> and put some pictures up there and 
we'll we'll see what we can do. All right, Ken. Well, until next week, let's hope we're talking about uh, positive news for the Browns and the Buckeyes, right? That's exactly correct, Ted. And I must say, this is a fluid situation, of course. That's a good way to put it. Very fluid. Ted, don't forget, we're just two middle-aged men from Cleveland. Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.